what it mean to me. Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Welcome to GWSB Proud, a podcast all about why are you proud of GWSB. My name is Liesl Riddle, and I am the Associate Dean for Graduate Programs here at George Washington University School of Business. And I have the great pleasure of sitting down with GW alumni, faculty, staff, and students to hear why they are GWSB Proud. Welcome to the podcast today. I am joined here with Anthony Schock, who is a Global MBA class of 2011. He is also now the leader of an amazing digital marketing uh, company called Social Driver. More on that uh, in a minute. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you for having me. So before we get into what the business is doing today, Anthony, your story is, I think, so inspirational to me because it really began when you were an MBA student on our campus. Isn't that right? It, yeah, that's right. I, um, I'm so grateful for the GW community and just everything that I, that I learned and gained from being part of that uh, you know, <laughs> wonderful school, what a, you know, in the classroom and out of the classroom. My husband, now husband, Thomas and I moved from Kansas City to DC so that I could pursue my MBA. Um, I was really interested in entrepreneurship and other things. And um, we were inspired to start our business while I was an MBA student. In fact, we competed in the new venture competition and won first place, which was just such an amazing thing. I mean, obviously the money is great, but the people we met, the encouragement, the mentorship, you know, we have relationships that a decade later are still really important in our lives and, and lessons that we learned along the way. So I owe so much to um, GWSB. Thank you for everything that, that, that you've done to make it such a great community. Well, you're the kind of student that, um, you know, we are so excited to you know be able to welcome on our campus. So so many different students have that kind of story of I came to GWSB because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, um, or I wanted to come up with new ideas uh, with and, and offer them to an organization. That entrepreneur uh, kind of spirit. So the innovation spirit kind of runs uh, runs deep. How you know before you went to the new venture competition, in what ways do you think what you learned in the classroom? or that other things that you got out of the program kind of informed how you shaped the concept of the business? Yeah, you know, I, we, we came to DC believing that uh, digital technology and communications has the power to, you know, make positive change in the world, allow us to do things that were unimaginable a few short years ago. Um, but I didn't necessarily have a focus or structure around that. I really loved the strategy courses. I loved my managerial accounting course with Dr. Culp and um, kind of seeing real case studies of what other businesses had done and learning frameworks that I could apply not only to my own business, but to clients. I still remember one that you know, I learned about corporate social responsibility that I use to this day. Mm. And so having some structure and um, some you know, strategy approaches to be able to apply not only to our business, but again, to clients that we work with was just really super invaluable. And it helped me close the gap that I had, which was, 
I love communication. I love digital. I love helping to apply this. How do I get to do that at a large scale for, you know, national or international organizations? Cause that's, you know, where I wanted to go. Um, and, and it, it, I had some work experience and the MBA program that helped me get a little taste of that. And then we realized we could do this through our own business. And so we started as just the two of us. And, you know, now 10 years later, we're about 50 people and we're working with, you know, Target and Amazon and Cigna and, you know, big brands that I never imagined I'd have a chance to work with. So pretty incredible to have that opportunity. And the MBA program was just a strong foundation to let me do that. Did you have kind of this idea that you wanted to go into, you know, this industry in some way, shape or form before you came to the program? Or is that something that kind of made itself clear as you went through the program? You know, I don't think I knew that the industry really existed before the program because I knew the type of work I liked to do, but I had always done it more in-house. And I didn't realize that you could be a, you know, service provider, consultant, you know, agency that would deliver those services to a lot of clients. And for me, that fits so well because I was never the person that had the one passion issue that I just wanted to work on my whole life. I was the person that could really fall in love with other people's passion issues and help them figure out how to scale it, make it bigger, you know, tell that story, drive that story. Um, and I liked to do it for many different, I was curious and wanted to learn about the different issues. So learning that you could be, you know, a consultant and a service provider, you could have a business working with many clients. I, it sounds simple. I just hadn't really encountered that. I didn't work in that world until um, I, I met some folks through the MBA program who were in that world and then realized, wow, we could do that. And DC is such a great place to land if you want to build relationships because people come to DC to make a difference in the world. People come to DC because they you know, want to be a leader. And even people who don't live in DC, they make their way to DC for a meeting, a conference, lobbying, something. So you end up interacting with so many uh, fascinating, passionate people who are doing things. And when you're starting a business, some of those people take a chance on you and they give you an opportunity to, to um, help them do what they're trying to do. You said something really important, I, I think, in there, and I want to underscore it, you know, for the audience, is that you met people in the MBA program that helped you evolve the concept further, even make you aware, you know, that this was a possibility. And I, I love that because I hear that phrase so many times from our alumni and our current students. You know, it's the people that they meet in the program. Um, and whether that's, you know, fellow students, whether that's faculty, whether that's alumni conversations in some of our events or through the mentors that, you know, you get through the um, Office of Innovation and Entrepreneurship, if you participate in their programs, um, you know, that really help you along in your entrepreneurial journey. And I think that's one of the things that makes, you know, GWSB really kind of a special place if you are an innovator. Well, 100%. In fact, um, the place that I worked during business school, uh, which is called APCO Worldwide, where I sort of learned the most about this sort of world of providing services. Um, one, I was invited because I was a student to attend an event that they were hosting at the National Press Club with a, a, a major leader from China. And that was something offered through an alum just to students. And right around the same time, a mentor who was paired with me through GWSB, Madeline Jennings, who um, 
I believe was on the board of the, of the school at the time, mm-hmm. she um, sent me an article about the founder of that company and said, you know, I came across this, this seems like the type of company you might be. And so these two things happened at the same time, sort of serendipitously through these GW connections. And then I applied to uh, work there in the summer as a, sort of a summer, you know, fellow graduate internship position and uh, worked in government relations. But then I transitioned over to business development when I realized that that's something that really I was passionate about. So yes, I mean, hundred percent, that's the story. It came through those connections, those relationships, being open to those. Uh, and I just am so fortunate who would have guessed that that, you know, kind of random thing would have happened, but it did. So take us back to that new venture competition. If you can kind of remember what was your mind frame going into that competition? What were you hoping to get out of it? Um, And was there anything that you got out of it that you had not anticipated? Well, we really, it was kind of like a fun lark. It was like, hey, there's this thing you could win money. Like if we sign up for this, it'll force us to put some of these ideas down on paper. (laughs) You know, and I kind (laughs) of signed up with that in mind. And we'd been working on a side project um, that that you know is sort of what what sort of turned into our our specific project for the competition. What I got out of it that I didn't expect was uh, relationships and mentorships. You know, we were assigned a mentor. Uh, the competition uh, matches you with somebody, uh, a guy named Michael Grove, who was an entrepreneur, and just he was so encouraging, but also pushed us. Like I don't understand why is you have why is it set up this way? You know why? You know he was really pushing us on some of the things, and we, as well as Professor Linda Maddox, was uh, paired up with us when we became a finalist to help us prepare for the pitch, and she helped us totally restructure the way we were going to do it. And mm. those are people we keep in touch with. In fact, you know, Michael's a good friend. I'll probably see him pretty soon. And, um, you know, so I didn't anticipate, I thought maybe we'll get lucky and win some money, but you know, if not, it'll be a good process. I didn't imagine, oh, 10 years later, they're going to be people that we keep in contact with. And then I've been a, a mentor to others in the competition. I've been a judge at different levels. And um, Thomas was actually a finalist round judge this year. You know, that's the big time judges, the final judges. And so that was pretty cool that 10 years later, he got to serve in that role. So yeah, it's been, it's just such an important part of our lives that's continued on. So, you know, what I remember from this business back in the day was that, you know, you all had kind of a much more narrowly defined um, sort of time span that you were thinking you were going to be doing this particular business. You know, I don't, what I remember is that there wasn't like a 10 year plan for this <laughs> business originally. Am I, am I correct in my memory? Yeah. And, you know, so we were starting social driver around that time, but we also um, co-created a product with um, a friend of ours and uh, that was specific to car dealerships. And that's mm-hmm. the product that we actually pitched in the competition um, that's actually what our, our, our friend is in that business now and is, is very successful in that area. And we sort of doubled down on the social driver services. And to be honest, when we started, Thomas and I wanted to be able to travel together and have a sense of freedom and kind of own our own jobs. I mean, that's really why we wanted yeah. to start a company. But then as we started to see more opportunity to help bigger clients, we realized we need to grow. We need to hire people. And so we started on that path, just growing organically, which is what we've done over the last 10 years. Um, and it's you know pretty amazing to look back and just see that we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients and um, you know, helped them achieve some pretty amazing goals, whether that's, you know, we're all about helping 
companies connect with people today. So whether that's, you know, building a website ecosystem of multiple websites for the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, which is chaired by Tom Hanks and having him shout out our website on the Today Show, or whether it's working with companies, uh, nonprofit organizations like Goodwill to help them fight misinformation that is a threat to their brand with social media strategies, um, or, you know, working with um, just major brands like Target and Amazon to figure out how to bring those to life whether it's on websites or videos or social media, um, that's the kind of stuff that we do now. So of course, like any business that evolves, it's a little bit different from what we envisioned back 10 years ago. But at the core, we have this mantra that I think still persists. We always like to say, number one, the future's bright, we're optimistic, and we just see that all these amazing things are possible that didn't used to be possible. Uh, but number two, progress is social. We can only do that by working together. And if you're a company, your customers are your marketing. So you have to incorporate them in a way that you never used to have to or could. And mm-hmm. three, um, the drivers make history. You know, we can't sit on the sidelines and say, we'll let everybody else do stuff and catch up later. We have to try things, even though sometimes those things won't work out the way we thought because we will learn from them. And in today's fast moving environment, you have to be a driver. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be passed by. So that mantra is something that we came up with uh, 10 years ago to really uh, inspire us and drive us forward. And it still applies perfectly today, even though so many other things have changed. I mean, you know, Instagram wasn't around back then, you know, the world's changed a lot, but uh, those core tenants and principles are still with us. Well, and to that point about how the world's changed a lot, how have you ensured that the organization and the human resources within the organization remain up to speed because it is such a fast changing, dynamic, incredibly competitive environment. Yeah. I mean, I just think we're so fortunate that we have amazing people. Um, you know, Thomas really leads the, the business from a management standpoint. And Mm -hmm. over the years, I mean, I'm proud that I've helped to find some of those amazing people and bring them on board and our second employee and third employee, Um, are still with us today as major leaders in the company. Our very first employee is a client. So, you know, we've had a really good track record of building great relationships and, you know, they just, they, they constantly are, are pushing the limit. One of our values is believe we can do better. We're never going to rest on our laurels, no matter what good benefit we put in place, no matter what good process we put in place, we always have to reevaluate and make things better. And we have to listen to the people on the team because they're the ones who, who, come up with those great ideas Mm -hmm. and and tell us where we can be better. And I mean, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm good at the things I'm good at, but I can give you a full list of things that I'm not so good at. And I'm so thankful. We have um, pretty tremendous people on our team who just impress me every day with their ability to take us to the next level time. And again, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, and walk us through, how's the organization um, organized in terms of its structure? Are you organized by geography? Are you organized by function? And how do all the different, because I know you're in different places, how do all the different yeah. component parts work together? Yeah, so, you know, roughly half our team's in the D.C. area and the other half are spread out across five other cities. Um, because of that, we have always or for a very long time well really always because we've always our our second employee was not in our city so we always have worked with folks from around the country we've always relied on technology as a superpower to let us do more we use slack for communication we use asana for project management you know and then we have our own sort of 
systems that we sort of use to layer on these things and, and make sure that we're doing the best that we can do. So, um, you know, the pandemic, while a major challenge with, with so many uh, uh, downsides, we were able to weather it better than many of our clients because we already had those systems in place and they looked to us to say, how do you do this? You know, we need mm-hmm. to start doing these things too. Um, you know, they had never done video meetings before. They had never thought about how to use structure tasks and information in a way that uh, could be easy to follow and to update, even if you're not in the same physical space with people. So, you know, we're really, we're organized functionally, our, we, uh, even though we are spread out geographically and we have, you know, an operations team that handles sort of the HR and finance and core operations of our, of our business. Um, we have account management that helps us build and keep those client relationships. And then we have functional teams for our delivery. So whether it's our creative and social team where they're helping to do that sort of digital and social media marketing side, uh, or it's the team that does websites that does the strategy and they help design and build and maintain websites. So we're able to pull in the right people at the right time. And then we have just amazing project managers that you know we couldn't live without because they help tie all that together and keep track of everything. What kinds of things are you, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are current students, potential students that are interested in getting into this, you know, digital marketing industry and are getting ready to start their journeys, their learning journeys Mm -hmm. with us. So question for you, what are the kinds of skills or particular types of classes that you think students that want to kind of make a mark in this industry really need to be seeking when they come to GWSB? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's so important to balance those hard skills and soft skills, you know, um, I mean, if you're good at sales, or you're good at building relationships, or maybe you're good at keeping being organized and doing project management, figure out what some of those softer skills are, and, you know, really lean into them and hone them. But then at the same time, building some hard skills, whether that's learning how to use a certain social media metrics software or Google Analytics or running ads, Um, And what's great is there's so much of that base that you can learn in the classroom and then you can complement it with, you know, there's certain things that you can learn online, you know, that, that you can complement. It's not going to replace what you, you know, the skills in the classroom, of course, but it can help you add an extra little bullet and an extra bit of knowledge to what you're doing. And I think by pulling all that together, you can really differentiate yourself and tell the story of, you know, what you want to contribute to an organization. I think no matter what you do in today's world, if you're providing services, you have to put the customer at the center and you have to listen. Where's the market going? What do people need help with? Because if you have a product or service that you think is great and it's just not what people need, it's not probably going to be super successful. Mm -hmm. But by listening and understanding what the customers need and where the market's going, you can then provide those services. And that's great for your business strategy. It also, you know, is the most helpful to the world. It also just feels really good because it's nice to be doing things that people genuinely need and, and are uh, appreciative of. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the sky's the limit. I think, you know, leverage all those resources in the, in the business school, but, but leverage the alumni. I mean, I just learned so much going on a career trek to New York, um, you know, doing my international consulting project in Serbia, uh, meeting with alumni, across town. I mean, you know, that's just such an important compliment to all the great stuff that I was able to learn and put into practice in the classroom. You know, it's just such a joy to be able to hear, you know, all these years later um, about how you put it all together, how it's grown, because I remember, you know, those 
those early days. And, uh, you know, it's really special, I think, being a professor, um, uh, you know, at GW, because you can just see uh, the talent that's there and you know it's just going to go far. And, uh, and it's so great to see you get the recognition um, and really build something that's really made such an incredible impact uh, in the industry and on, on the people that work work for you. And I know the organization's won all kinds of recognitions and awards, uh, including the Business of the Year Award from the LGBTQ the Chamber of Commerce. So tell me, you know, how important is this type of recognition for you and your business? Well, thanks for that, all of your wonderful compliments. I mean, just your fingerprints and GW's fingerprints are just all over all this stuff. So, you know, you should feel like you can take some credit for it. And we certainly believe that. Um, I, the recognition is so um, great to get because I think especially just it validates for our team. You know, anytime we win one of these awards, we're nominated by clients for this stuff. And it just is a testament to the work that our team does. Um, the National LGBT Chamber naming us their business of the year. I mean, I can remember the very first time we attended that event, we were, I was a student, we were volunteers that went for free to help do registration. And we were seated way at the back of the room. Mm. And uh, we just thought this is an amazing community. And fast forward, you know, six or so years later, we're on stage accepting that <laughs> big award. I just, oh, I mean, it was just so surreal. And we had a whole table of teammates with us there to cheer us on. And my parents were there and, you know, and so it means a lot. And I, I think, but, but more than just an award, it was a symbol of what an important community the LGBTQ business community is. I can remember when we started our business, it was just the two of us. And, you know, you walk into a meeting with somebody, you don't know their political or personal beliefs. And it's like, do we say that we're a couple? You know, do we say mm -hmm. that we're gay? You know, like what it can be a little bit awkward. You don't want to leave something of yourself behind, but you also don't want to just volunteer some irrelevant information. And when we became involved and were honored by the chamber, it's a totally different story when you can walk in the room and say, you know, we were the business of the year from the National LGBT Chamber. It's a way to um, be very open about your identity and how your diverse perspective can bring new and innovative ideas to the table. Um, and also show that, you know, you've been recognized for your contributions to that community and to the business community. I've said, you know, many times that that being part of communities and for us in GLCC, but it could be a lot of different communities. It helps businesses become more competitive. It helps them uh, become more connected to other, you know, important partners and businesses, but also helps them become more confident. And those are three really key ingredients of success for a business. And, you know, just, just, we are just so thankful anytime we, we get one of those recognitions because it just shows that our team is continuing to raise the bar. Well, I was particularly excited when I heard that, uh, that news, because I remember back in 2009, you helped start our student chapter out for business and, you know, and really helped grow it. And that's been such a very important part of our uh, GWSB community. Oh, well, we were so appreciative of the support GW gave to us. And yeah, we, a group of us were going to the Reaching Out MBA conference and we just realized that we needed to have a group on campus. Um, and, you know, not only was it LGBTQ students in the School of Business who joined, but a number of allies, you know, like my friend, Melissa McLean, I remember was one of the mm -hmm. most involved, hardworking members and joined as an ally to be part of what we were doing. And 
I mean, that was, that was just a great opportunity for us to help one another, but also we then went and partnered with the local um, capital area LGBT chamber is now called the Equality Chamber. And we did a great networking event with them that was just a, a real success and people made business connections. We certainly did and, and made, um, you know, connections that could help us grow our businesses. So yeah, it's, I, I think those types of affinity groups are, are really important and it gives us an opportunity to bring everything we are to everything we do and use um, all of those unique attributes of ourselves to contribute even more and help solve problems in different ways. And that's what it's all about. You know, we want to be in the business world because we know that we can contribute and make the world a little bit better, you know, leave it a little bit better than how we found it. And I think we have to invite everybody to be uh, part of that and have a seat at the table if we really want to realize that goal. You know, I really love the fact that the business is called Social Driver because when I, I think of you, Anthony, you know, the word community comes, you know, first and foremost directly, you know, to mind. You know, you have been such an important part of the GWSB community as student, but also as alumni member. Coming back, you have taught, you have guest lectured, you have been mentor, you have been advisor. Um, you know, we're just so grateful for everything that you do uh, for our, our students uh, then and now. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. It was such an honor. And I just thank you for everything that, that you all have done and continue to do for, for entrepreneurs, businesses, business students. Thank you so much. What it mean to me? Capital, go and make that history. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening today. Shout out for music credit to Plantain Poppy, also known as Michael Ferrier, GW Class of 2020. See you next time to learn more ways we are GWSB proud. I got a couple scholars to the left of me, buff and blue, so you know they need not that for me.